so I've had the privilege of um, doing like a month of church planters with Brett. I've been to Africa with Brett, and it's hopefully going to Brazil soon with Brett. Um, and this is normally the part where I give you his CV and I tell you why he's here and how great he is. And he is. Um, but last night I actually had a dream about Brett. <laughs> and in the dream, I, I saw us this morning and I saw Brett coming in through the door and he, he looked quite heavy burdened and downcast. And I was like, but that's not the Brett I know. And I, I went to greet him and I said, hey, Brett, how are you doing? And he said, no, man, I'm just, please don't make me bigger than what I am today. And I think that's the introduction I want to give to Brett. That is Brett's heart, is that he is purely a servant of God. Um, and I ask that we receive him today as that of just somebody that daily pours his life out for God's house. Um, so yeah, you're in for a wild ride. Lord, Jesus, I just thank you this morning for bread, Lord. Father, I thank you for an empty vessel, Lord. Father, and I just pray this morning that you would fill him, fill him and fill him, Lord, and that we would receive the benefit of that, Lord. Lord, that he would speak your very words this morning. And Father, I even want to pray, Lord, won't you come and make us in awe of you again, Lord. I pray even for for signs and wonders, for prophecy, Lord. Won't you just this morning come and flow through Brett, Lord. So I thank you for him and his family. And yeah, Lord, thank you, Jesus. So I got a new bestie. I think he oversold me, for sure. And so I'm sorry if things go pear-shaped. <laughs> Anyways, but um, my heart is that we see God's name glorified here this morning. Like, it's not about me. It's not about the worship team. It's not about it the cool finance teaching. It's actually about what God wants to do in and through us. And so, um, I'm, I, 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 I mean, your dream was so spot on, but it feels like a train has hit me and then like reversed over me again and then hit me again. And so I don't know if, if anyone else is feeling really beaten up by the world and what's going on. Like, anyone? Anyone? You're in good company. And the cool thing about that is that it actually doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, if my wife's sick at home, my son is at Edgemead serving, Bethany's with me here, just like chaos, you know, like, but you know, like, it's, it's, you know, when Paul writes, it's in our weakness that he is strong, and so if you are feeling this morning, yes, God, I don't have anything more to give, actually, that's a really good place to be, because then the flesh is out of the way, what we want is out of the way, and actually, God can do what he wants to do, so I'm excited, I'm going to try to preach really, like, like, quick, because I do feel like we want to pray for each other and just trust God for something supernatural this morning. Because there's the natural and then there's supernatural. And the God that I serve is a supernatural, wonder-working, powerful God. Okay, so I'm going to try to be as quick as I can and then just to build faith. So the two things that you were hoping for were, just remind me quickly because those are cool. So restore the joy of salvation. When he said that, oh, oh God, oh, my heart just, that's quite high standards. Let's try. And so, Matthew 16, let's just jump into the word straight away. Matthew 16, 14. So, when we're, when we're in Israel, just before the lockdown happened, um, we actually went to this place. And it's quite, quite, it's quite a hectic place. Jesus took his disciples. It was like the heart of pagan worship, basically. There, was, there were prostitutes there. There were idols it was, it's, it's not a very, it's a very spiritually not good place. And so Jesus takes his disciples to this not a very good place, and he sets them up. And this morning, I'm telling you, God's setting you up. If you're here, it's not by chance. 
And this is the most dangerous place you could be right now on a Sunday morning. Because God is like, you here, and I want to do something with you, and in you, and through you. Not only for this morning, but for this afternoon when you get home, or tomorrow when you're at work, or at school, or where you're studying. As a Christian, it's not about Sundays. It's actually about the way we live our lives between the Sundays and the home groups. And so, he, he, uh, can you go? Oh, so he says, who do the people say I am? Actually, it says, who do the people say the Son of Man is? And these disciples respond. They responded, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Just pause there. Don't go to the next one. And so they in this place, they're hearing things. They're walking with Jesus. People are saying stuff and they're like, like, is he John the Baptist? Because John the Baptist is awesome. <laughs> like him and Jesus were catering in the room together. Like, hey, what's happening, guys? You know what I'm saying? It's just like... John the Baptist is this crazy guy in the wilderness eating honey and wearing clothes. You know, like Elijah, Jeremiah, amazing prophets. Like these are the guys that the Israelites were being like, yo, if, if Jesus is just like Elijah, this is something amazing. And the point I want to make is this, that we come from different backgrounds, different churches. My upbringing was very conservative, Baptist, very conservative. Holy Spirit wasn't even factored in. I think we actually pushed the Holy Spirit out of the church. You might be from in here. You might be from very religious, where you've got to just tick boxes, and every three months the Dominic comes to take your money, but he doesn't care about your life. I mean, those are all realities of building church, not God's way, actually. And so I don't actually care where you come from or what's going on in your life right now, but I do care about this next question. And if you think Jesus is a great prophet or teacher, good on you, but I think you've missed it, actually. And he wants, more, he wants to be more in your life and in your family's life, and in your business's life, then you think. So, then he goes, and so, those are all good things. And then he turns the question on them, his disciples, that are walking with him, right? These are the guys that were sleeping with him, eating with him, catering with him, running away from Oaks with him. These are the guys that saw Jesus, for Jesus was. And he goes, verse 15, it says, but what about you? What about you? Who do you say I am? And that, I believe, is the question, and it maybe ties in with what Andre is feeling in his face, to, to rekindle what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> Let me blow your mind here quickly. Do you know that we were never called to be Christians? What? Where did he show me in the Bible where it says, you are called to be a Christian? Can't find it. We're not called to be Christians. Because a Christian is someone that can hide in religion or hide in a church like this. It's big enough to hide in the back there. Not that I'm pointing to the people at the back. They came out wrong. <laughs> Sorry, but ladies, you're looking amazing. You're worshiping like bosses. I walked past you and I took my daughter too. But a Christian is someone that can mimic the world or actually just come into a place and know what to say, know how to dress, know the religious things, tick the boxes. I went to church on Sunday. I prayed. I had my quiet time once this week. That's a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. We are called to be followers and our disciples, to say disciples. Okay, good. You got it. <laughs> disciples. A disciple is someone who knows Christ. When this question is on, who do you say I am? You are the king of glory. <laughs> You're the savior of my soul. You're the one that every single person on this planet who has ever lived and who ever will live will bow their knee before one day. 
Some of us have got it right on this side. We've bowed our knee on this side of eternity and not on that side. It's much better to bow your knee and, and see him for who he really is here on earth before we meet with him one day face to face. So this, this morning, sorry, I got a little bit intense quickly. Sorry, I was just like, I'm just cold. I'm trying to warm up, you know, like. So who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Jesus is asking you that question this morning. Yes, my life sucks right now. Yes, I'm under financial pr- burden. Yes, my wife is not doing well. My kids are going crazy. It's like the world is going crazy, actually. Inflation and home loans. And, and in the middle of all those distractions, Jesus still wants to ask us the question, who do you say I am? And so, out of all the disciples, only one, verse 16, only one disciple says the right thing. <laughs> Can you go to that, verse 16? And now, 16. Is it there? No. That's fine. I'll do it. <clears throat> Tell me if I... And it says, and then he asked, and then Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then he says, yes, Simon, on this, on this rock I will build my church. There's something of a revelation of all the disciples. <laughs> Out of the 12, only one was like, actually, like, uh, you are the Son of God. I can imagine everyone's like, click, 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 click. Because that was blasphemy in that day. And they're like, Argh. and Simon's like, no, I've seen you. I know you. You are. You're not a prophet. You're not a good teacher. You're not a good moral man. you actually more than that. You're the son of the living God. And so the question to us this morning is, who do we say God is? And so um, maybe an illustration to push my point. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a confession. I am a coffee snob. I know. I know. And I get into trouble when I say this because, okay, so disclaimer, if I come to your house and you only have red coffee, I'll drink your red coffee. Okay, I'm not that kind of person because I got into trouble beforehand. No, I, I was like you and then not good for being a pastor. But the reason why I'm a coffee snob is, is because at one stage, instant coffee was the bomb. Right? I was like, whoa, this is amazing. You like put a little milk in there, a little bit of water, and you mix it up and you put the hot water in and it's foamy. And you're like, this is amazing. And then my friend invited me to his birthday party, which was going to Origin Coffee in town and having a coffee tasting afternoon. I didn't sleep for like a whole week after that. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, I was actually, I was like, this is the lamest birthday party thing in the world. Like, who goes, I know what coffee tastes like, right? <laughs> I mean, I have it every day. I'm like, why are we going to taste coffee the whole thing? And then, mind blown. <laughs> then it's like Turkish coffee and then Aeropress coffee and then espresso, but then espresso like this way. And then it's like siphon filter coffee. What is going on here? My mind was like, <laughs> And for the first time, for the first time, I actually taste coffee for what coffee should be tasting like. It was like the original. It was the real deal. It was like the original. And then Abby started sweating because she knows, addictive personality type, I'm going to get into coffee now. And so that's what I have done. And I worked out the other day, please don't hold this against me, because uh, for my 40th birthday, my friends put some money together and got me a lacquer coffee machine. Not as lacquer as your one. Mine's a baby version of your one. But they bought me a coffee machine and a lacquer grinder, and my grinder, went, my grinder zeroed out this week. So it went 9999900000, which means we've made 10,000 
coffees in the last three years. Glory. I know, I know. And so my friend was there, Gerald was there, and he was like, let's do the math. I'm like, no, let's don't do the math. I'm like, I spent, literally, I've spent, I know this sounds terrible, and I thought I was poor, but no, no, I'm not. I spent 80,000 rand on coffee in the last three, three years. Holy moly. I know, it sucks. You don't want to do that, bro. You will be in trouble. But then I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my goodness. But then I did the math. If I had the same amount of coffees at a coffee shop, save for 30 rand, I would have spent 300,000 rand on coffee in the last three. So we've made a big saving. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm getting, I'm distracted. And I was freaking out myself. And I use it for the ministry. <laughs> That's what I say to myself. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Once I had the real thing, man, so hard to go back to the fake. So hard. And so this morning, there's fake gospels out there. You've probably grown up in some of them. And they almost, they almost rob us of the real Jesus. Because we've been hurt. Or people have said stupid things. Or like, and please don't fall into that trap. The, the, um, I've heard this so many times, like we can't speak in tongues as Christians because the Hindus do it, or those religious sects do it and stuff. And what, what people are doing is that Jesus created the spiritual gifts. <laughs> Actually, Jesus created everything, we'll see just now. And what the enemy does is he takes the real and he tweaks it every so slightly and he makes it counterfeit. But we can't say just because there's counterfeit things out there, we can't do it here. <laughs> So we're allowing the counterfeit to determine the real. No, it's got to be the real determining the counterfeit. And if you're working in banks, the only reason why you know something is counterfeit is because you know what the real one feels like. And so this morning, I want our hearts to be open in who do you say Jesus is? And I want to say this. He wants you to taste him and know him for the real Jesus, not for a man-made gospel Jesus this morning. And so hopefully the word will speak to you, not me. I've got nothing to give you. I'm hoping the word who is living and active and useful will do something in our hearts this morning. So as Jesus was hanging on the cross, next scripture please, as he was hanging on the cross, there's many things that um, I've heard preachers preach about, about what Jesus in the cross. He was like, um, it is finished, and Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You know this big, you know, we know those well. But there's one thing that we don't often preach about, and something that he said was very significant for us. And he says this, so later, knowing that all was now complete, as so, and so the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said this amazing word, these ama this amazing phrase, I am thirsty. And so he's hanging on this cross, and the, 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 the kicker for me is, Knowing that everything was complete and that the scriptures were fulfilled, he says something. He says, I'm thirsty. And so there's a high possibility, because he had, a, he had a, a rough morning, like a very rough morning. Like all his disciples left him. He was flogged, beaten, crown of thorns. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a fun morning for him at all. And he's hanging there, and there's so many things he could say, and he says, I'm thirsty. So... The commentators that I read were like, yeah, yes, there's a high possibility he was physically thirsty. But knowing that he's completing something, he said, I'm, I thirst. And I believe 
Yes, he was thirsty in the natural, but he always said, I only do the things the Father tells me to do. When he, when he talks to his disciples, he says, hey, I need to eat. <laughs> I need to eat. And they're like, uh, do you want bread? Do you want, like, are you? And he says, no, I, I eat what the Father wants me to eat. I need, my work needs to be done here on earth, right? And so I think he is, like, he is hanging there and he is going, I thirst for every soul to know me as Lord and Savior. I am thirsty to see people saved, renewed, filled with my spirit that I'm going to be bringing because you can think ahead, you know. Think about that. Jesus was hanging on the cross 2,000 odd years ago going, I'm thirsting for you right now sitting in this room. He still thirsts for you. Think about that. And he says, who do I say I am? Man, Jesus is my God. He's my king. And then he went on and, and they gave him a sponge soaked on his plants and he and then when he received the drink, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Jews didn't murder him. The Romans didn't murder him. No one murdered him. Guys, Jesus gave up himself for us. Not so that we can call ourselves Christians and do what we want to do and on a Sunday act like something else. No, so that we could know him and become like him. And become his disciples. Taste him for what he really is, and then never go back to the fake. Is it good? Yeah. At least no one's throwing anything at me. <laughs> you, need to, you need to know something about your soul and your heart. Your soul and your heart is always thirsty to be filled. It is. That's the way God made us. We made in the image of the living God. There's always this, la- this longing, this, there's this lack that we so often fill with everything else. And the same Israel trip, we got to Joppa. I mean, I'd, I'd come back from a month in Brazil the night before. So I hadn't seen my family for a month. Flew in in the afternoon. The next morning, we flew out to Israel. Like I had, I had like half an afternoon, basically, to get ready for the Israel trip. I was broken, eh? Like jet lag to the T. Anyway, so we... The first day we're in Joppa, we're walking around the whole day. I'm like tweaking because I'm like literally not even, I missed half of that day. Get to the supper time and the, yeah, the supper, I was so hungry. And the, the, this food comes out. I'm like, yo, this is amazing food. So I just chow. Not knowing that's just a starter. Now listen, I, the, the amount of food, and, and it was amazing. I was like, this, can, this has got to be the main. I'm like, ah. And then to the detriment of my, uh, like they take all this stuff away. I'm like, yo, that was quite quick. And then the real meat, the meat stuff comes. The lamb and the, oh, oh. <laughs> and the chicken. And then I'm like, I'm so full. Yo, I, I maybe sinned that day. But I, I realized the lesson there. I had so filled myself up with the appetizer that when the main meal came, there's no space for it. Even dessert, I just I missed out on the best parts of the meal. And this morning, so often we fill ourselves with so much stuff for the world and the little things, you know, that we come into a place like this where Jesus is trying to feed us the meat and we're so full with stuff that we can't even receive from him. <laughs> this morning I'm hoping that we all clean ourselves in a sense. And that if he is speaking and doing something, that we'll receive him and eat him well, you know. So let me get into a few things. I actually went longer 
than I was hoping to in my intro there. But anyways, let's go for it. Psalm 34, 8 says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. What my hope is this morning is that renewed salvation thing will come. Once you taste of the Lord and you see is good. I made another mistake the other day. There's a Joey's meat market down the road from us and they sell these Wago burger patties. So I've heard of Wago, so I'm like, hey, let's do it. And um, now the problem is my daughter won't eat any other burger patties. And I'm not buying Wago patties all the time. She's like, the other day I made patties, I was really excited on the bride. Like, she's like, Dad, these things are horrible. Ugh, ugh, what have you done? I'm like, what? And then I realized, and it's the same with the Lord, taste and see that is good. Once you eat something good, once you drink something good, I know I'm using, uh, I know, I'm a, I know, meat snob, oh my goodness, it's true. But once you taste and see the Lord is good, once you eat something, are you guys with me? Am I just making, like, sorry for the vegans, are there any vegans here? Oh, I love you guys, amazing. <clears throat> good luck. But I'm like, it's like, we don't taste Jesus, actually. And then we're like, oh, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm stalling. Let's just keep, just keep moving. Let's keep moving. Okay, so what makes Jesus so awesome? Let's look at a few things here. Sorry, I'm going to change the scripture. Can you go to, in worship the Lord? I don't know if you saw my daughter. She rebuked me. I was on my phone. I wasn't playing my phone. The Lord was speaking to me about a message, a scripture. He's like, oh, put your phone away. I'm like, I'm looking for a scripture. So um, Isaiah 40, verses 12 to... 14, please. Isaiah 40, verses 12 to 14. So, the first thing I want to mention that hopefully will get you excited is Jesus actually created the universe. Okay, so that's what makes him, I don't know, amen or something. So, like, in the beginning was the world, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and all things were made through him. Like, Jesus is not just a person. And when he's asking this question, he's like, I'm not a prophet. I am son of God. But this is, this is the God I serve. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands? Who's been in the ocean in a boat before? It's big, right? Je- Jesus, who created the universe, is going, all the waters are in the palm of my hand. What? Yeah? Or with the breadth of his hand, mark off the heavens. So... <laughs> Louis Gideon did the thing a few years ago, like the, what is it called? I can't remember, the universe is so big. Indescribable. So this is going, so he doesn't only hold the waters in his hands, but he goes, he goes, yeah, the universe is pretty much the breadth of my hand. Oh, how kiff is that? Who has held the, de- the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance. Think about all the sand in the whole world. Bucket. Mountains. Ah, I'm just going to weigh them out. They're not that heavy. Oh, that's Jesus. <laughs> he created everything. Come on, someone get excited or something. My goodness, smile or do something. I don't know. I don't want to be like a Pentecostal, but man, this gets me all excited, you know. Uh, what number is that? 13. Uh, 13? Is it more? Who understands the mind of the Lord or instructs him as his counsel? No one, because he is awesome. 
<laughs> Come on, please, guys. 14. Whom did the Lord consult and enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge and showed him the paths of understanding? And the question is, no one, because he is above everything. So the Jesus I've tasted is the one who's created the universe, who holds the waters in his hands, who measures the heavens with the breath of his hands, that takes the, the dust and the, uh, the mountains, and, and he's just like, it's mine. Come on, okay, now we're getting more Pentecostal. There we go. <laughs> You're wild, Aixby, I love it. So cool to be with you again. Yeah, yeah, we got to practice together. Sorry, I'm a bit crazy. Okay, so that's the first thing. He created the universe. You mean these other scriptures in Hebrews that says, In the last days he has spoken to us by his Son, who is Jesus, who appointed him heir of all things, and who also made the universe. And so there's multiple scriptures of that. The second thing I want to just bring to, to make Jesus bigger in our minds is this, that I came across eight prophecies that if Jesus would have fulfilled, and let me read them very quickly to you. So, uh, the time of his birth from Daniel 8 to 9, which was written 150 years before Christ. The, the, the point that he would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14, which was written 740 years before Christ. Um, that he would be portrayed with very silver pieces, Zechariah, which is 500 years before Christ was written. That he would be mocked, that he would be crucified, that he would be pierced, that he would die with the wicked, and that he would... Um, He'll be buried with the rich, Isaiah 53. If Jesus could just fulfill those eight prophecies, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a new word. There's a, a, a number that's called octrillion. So it's, it's a number with 27 zeros. So if you, go, if you Google it, you'll see it's like million, billion, gazillion, 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 gazillion and octrillion's right at the bottom. So... If Jesus just did those eight prophecies, one man did those eight prophecies, it would be ten, one to the ten octrillion chances that that would be fulfilled. And he did all those eight, but he did 300 as well. There are almost 500 prophecies of Jesus in the Bible, throughout the Bible. 300 of those he's already fulfilled. What? I oh, know, octrillion blew my mind. I didn't even know you could get octrillion. Yeah, yeah, octrillion. So he's not only the, like the creator of the universe. The, the, what he did on earth is impossible, actually. That's this, that's, who, am, who, am, who do you say I am? I'm that. <laughs> it's crazy, hey? It's like nuts. If you want my notes after, I can send them to you for free. You know what I mean? I'm not going to... Yeah. Then the third thing is this. Jesus, the Matthew, um, oh yeah, this is very cool as well. Matthew 26 to 53. I think I gave you that one. This is, what, this is the cool, cool thing. So he's in the garden. Of, he's in the garden. So, he's, so get the picture. I'm trying to build something here. He's, he's a creator of the universe. Okay? He, he's big. He's done something that no other prophet in human history has done. I, I, double, I double doggy dare you. To look at the religions, obviously with the, no other prophet has ever lived, said the things that Jesus said, did the things that Jesus did. No one. 
I guarantee you'll know. They're all finding the way. They're all trying to find the way. They all think they're finding the way. Jesus is the only one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. I am the Son of Man. I am salvation. I am the door. I am the gate. No one else said that. Everyone else is trying to find the truth. I, I, go check it out. I studied theology, got a degree in theology. I did a lot of studying. I can't find it. They're all dead. Buddha didn't even want to create a religion. His followers created a religion after he died. You mean like... <laughs> Anyways. So Jesus is in the garden. He's been portrayed by Judas. One of his disciples cuts his ear off and then this is what happens. He says, uh, Matthew, sorry, Matthew, can you put it up? Is it Matthew... What was it? 2653. You're doing so great. Amazing. Matthew. I, I, sorry, I, I did warn them. I'm all, my notes are just a guideline. I know, I know. I know. It's just a guideline. I'm sorry. I did warn you. I'm like trying to be spirit led. So, so, so he takes the ear. I mean, this is crazy. He takes it and he puts it back on. And I take it. I'm, you know, like the disciples are like, what? What? What just happened? And then he says this amazing thing where we always miss. Do you think I cannot call him a father? So you see submission here. So he is the creator of the universe. He's done things that no one else has ever done and will ever do because he's the son of God. Then he says, don't you think I could call him a father? And at once he'll put at the disposal 12 legions of angels. So you might be thinking, this is very odd. So I, something popped into my mind. What is a legion? I'll tell you what a legion is. A legion is made up of 6,826 fighting men. Okay, so 6,100 of these men are foot soldiers. They would be marching with a sword, shield, etc., etc. 726 would be on horsemen. So let's do the maths, mathematicians. So Jesus said, I have 6,826 angels times 12 at my disposal to come and save me in this moment. So that works out, if my math is right, is 81,912 angels. Mathematician man? Is that a, he gives him the nod. So get this. He's in the Garden of Eden. He's about to be portrayed. Well, he was portrayed. He's about to die the most horrific death ever. Innocent. <laughs> and they, Peter, I think it was Peter or John, one of them, cuts an ear off, puts an ear over. He goes, guys, do you not know? At this moment, I can call him my father. I'm quite powerful. I, created the universe. I've just asked you this question. Who do you say I am? You said I'm the son of man. <laughs> Sorry, I don't make, I don't make it fun, but it's like communic, communic relief, you know, kind of thing. And he's like, I can call 81,000 angels to my defense right now, but I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I want to give my everything for you. Oh, come on. That should get us excited about salvation and stuff, you know, like, come on. See, that's a Jesus I serve. And then in the book of Revelation, I was reading the other day in my quiet time. Well, it wasn't in my quiet time. I just came across it. Jesus is on the white horse with the angels behind him, and he's killing everything, not the angels. You must go read it. It's quite crazy. I've never seen it before. He's the one on the, the, right on the white horse slaying the dragons, and the guys are just running behind him. He doesn't even need them. It's quite cool. And that's a Jesus I serve. Not a... There's not a pansy Jesus. I mean, like there was a movie a few years ago, Talladega Nights, very bad movie. And all they could see 
was baby Jesus in a manger, and they just ripped him off the whole movie because they had a wrong picture of who he was. He's not that. He's the Savior of our souls, you know. You know that right now in Romans 8.34, which I think was in my notes, Jesus, so he came and he walked on this earth and he died. He rose again on the third day. This is the good news. This is the gospel. What is he doing right now? If I was them, I'd be like, I've given my everything to these people who don't even love me. My church that is compromised and they're living in a way that I don't want them to live. If I was Jesus, to be honest, because I'm not Jesus, but if I was, I'd be like, hey, my work is done. Good luck to those oaks. But he's not. <laughs> Romans 8 is like, he's at the right hand of God right now. What is he doing? He's interceding for us. Yo, come on. So right now, right now, he's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for his church. He's praying for those who aren't saved. He's going, man, my work is so important. Who I am is so important. That I'm, my work is not done. It is never done. For eternity, he's going to be praying until the end happens. Yo. See, that's a Jesus I serve. So when that question is, ah, oh, you mean like, Ask, like, no, this is my Jesus. And if he can do all these things, think about it, like, he stopped the sun so his people could win a battle. He put all the animals in the ark and closed the ark up so no one and his family could be saved. He chose Israel, which is the most insignificant people group on the planet ever, and they still are, to bring his name and make him glorified. He picked a whole bunch of crazy people in the New Testament, tax collectors, zealots, fishermen who had no education, and, he, and, he, and they changed the planet. You know, we wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for them right now. And then he chose me. Why? Who knows? I'm like, often I'm like, Jesus, why? Why me? I've got all these issues. I've got all these insecurities. I'm, I'm very not elegant. I'm not eloquent. I can barely read, barely write. What? You mean like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I chose you because of who I am, not because of who you are. Just try to be faithful. I'm going to start closing now. So I'm going to close with this. We do fall into religion a lot. And we do fall into, we fall into like this trap that the world is putting out there for us. And so a question I want to ask us quickly is, what is the difference between every other religion and Christianity? Do we know? We do serve them with God. Oh, Relationship. Good. All these questions are good. I mean, answers are good. Wow, that was good. That was on cue right there. Bam. <clears throat> you know the difference is? It is all those things. But at the heart of it, it's every other religion on earth needs something in its hand to hold. It's either an idol or a trinket or a beads. or. And the Israelites fall into this trap in the Bible. Moses is up in the hill. And he's getting the Ten Commandments. And there's thunder and lightning. And he's away for a long time, 40 days, 40 nights. And the earth is shaking. And they're down at the bottom. <laughs> and they come to Aaron. And Aaron's like, I'll read it to you, just so you know. Um, in Exodus 32, 5. And Aaron saw this. So they bring all their gold and the earrings to them. And they're going, we want to serve a God like every other God. And so Aaron, who's the spiritual leader, actually falls into this trap. And he takes it and he says, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. <clears throat> now what's happened here is, and the word Lord is actually Yahweh, it's actually the true God. 
Yahweh is the true God, Jesus. And so what he did was he took something and they wanted something in their hands and so they built this, this idol so they could feel it, they could touch it. They can, it's easy to have something in your hand. <clears throat> it's another thing to believe something in your heart. <laughs> right? And so he says, tomorrow we're going to have a festival to the Lord and they take the golden calf and they substitute the golden calf for Yahweh. And they actually call him Yahweh. This is our Yahweh now. And Christians, or disciples, let me not fall into my own trap there. Sons and daughters of the living God, let's don't fall into that. We don't need something in our hand. We've got him living in us. So who do you say Jesus is? Really? We sang it. Who do you say he is? Is he who he says he is or not? But I don't think we have the luxury of being lukewarm and hot, hot, um, and lukewarm and what is the word I was going to use there? Andre, we best is now. You should know. Half-hearted. Time is very short. The world is going crazy. Either we're in or we're out. And I'm not really a black and white person. I'm more of a gray person myself. But when it comes to Jesus, either we're in or we're out, guys. So who do you say he is? Really. Because if you want to be a a pew warmer or someone that falls into a religious system, I'd be the first one to say, actually, go find another church down the road because that's not how we build in Josh Jane. And I know it sounds harsh. It's not my heart. It's like we've only got one chance (laughs) for a few years. And then we're gone. And Jesus actually worth more than that. I always say this. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. And so Jesus gave his everything. You know that he's still got a human body. He gave up his heavenly realm, his right. He's still got a human body. He's still got the marks. He'll never be what he was before because he gave his everything. And when he gives us salvation for free and the chance to be his sons and daughters for free, what he's saying is, yes, it is a free gift. There's nothing we can do. We can't buy it. We can't in our own selves. There's nothing we can do on ourselves to receive it. It is a free gift that we receive. But when we do receive it, it costs us everything back. And if you call yourself a Christian here or a disciple, I want to remind us this morning that you are not your own. He bought you at a price. And it actually doesn't matter what you believe or think or what you want. And if you're thinking that, you've missed it. And we actually blaspheme the name of Jesus. Because if we say we are disciples or Christians and we walk around this label and we're not living like he wants us to live, we are blaspheming his name. So I want to end there. <laughs> we went a little bit deep at the end there, but get my heart, you guys. I love you. <laughs> the Lord loves you. And we don't want you to get to the end of your life and see Jesus face to face. And he said, away from me. I never knew you. And so we're going to pray.
Can we trust for the Holy Spirit to move a little bit? I'm feeling very weak this morning, so let's see what happens. But I really feel like God wants to ignite our passion for Him again. If we've lost it, I, I believe with all my heart. I mean, I don't want to waste my breath. I'll be somewhere else. Like, like, you are not here for any other reason but because God wants you here. And that He has a purpose and a plan for you just as He has a purpose and a plan for me. And our inheritance, which I think you guys have been preaching through as I hear, starts with this. My son is adopted. He's an adopted son. He's not my blood son. But he is my firstborn now. As we adopted him into our family, Wesley, you are going to get in my inheritance now. Because you've taken on my name. You've taken on my identity. You've made me mom and dad. Well, dad and mom with Abby and myself. And so everything I would have given to my natural is his now. And it's the same for us, you know. So I want to pray for us. I want to trust the Holy Spirit to move a little bit here this morning. And if he can use a donkey, and if he can speak in a still quiet voice when there's an earthquake and a fire and a tornado, and if he can use the disciples, (laughs) please, God can do anything here this morning. I do believe that. I've seen demons flee. I've seen guys get healed. I've, I've seen some crazy stuff in my few years of serving him. But there's a way we can respond to him this morning. Like in Acts 2, verse 12 to 13, it says, some were amazed and some were perplexed. But then others made fun of him. Made fun of them and said, hey, these likes are drunk. And so there's a way of positioning our hearts here this morning to actually receive the real God, the real Jesus. Maybe you'll be amazed. Maybe you'll be like, Flop, I don't understand. This, is, doesn't go, it doesn't fit into my theological box, but that's fine because God doesn't, shouldn't fit into any theological box. But please don't be the ones that mock because those are the ones we lost. You know? and so, Father, thank you for these amazing people here. Thank you that you died for them, Lord. Thank you that even though it's cold and my feet are almost frozen, Lord, that we are here because we love you. Lord, you ask that question, who do you say I am? Lord, I say you are the king of my life. You are the reason why I breathe. Your goodness has no bounds. You get me through the hard times and when the storms of life come, you are there. Your mercy is never ending. Your patience. Love you, Lord. Maybe where you're sitting, Maybe just go, God, this is this is who you are to me. Just you don't have to do it aloud if you don't want to. It's just like just take a few moments. Like, God, you're asking me a question this morning. Who do you say I am? It's something of a faith move. Like when we say things and mean them from our hearts, the things like things happen, you know. Just take a few moments just to do that as I hear wait on the Lord and just see if he says anything.
Love you, Lord. Love what you're doing, God. Amazing King. to receive you to just build that faith and I want to just say as we go into this time we've got about 15 minutes left um, I keep on hearing Christians say this um, or people that believe in Jesus they're like if God shows me a sign of what he wants me to do or where he wants me to go then I'm going to have faith to do that you know but that's not we're called to live by faith not by sight that's still living by sight right so like if like God spells out everything he wants to doing us, <laughs> that's not faith. Faith is, I'm going to do something and I'm not even going to show you how it's done. Just trust me. That's faith. And I feel like God's calling that in us this morning. And so let me throw out a few words of knowledge. If you are visiting and you don't know what a word knowledge is, it is a, um, a doorway to open up someone's life through what a, a picture or a word or something that God has revealed to whoever's got that gift just as a doorway open to something that God wants to do. So that's the way I see it. Hopefully that makes sense. So um, let's start with something easy-ish. Um, is there anyone that's been battling with something on their left side of their face? Like you've had some kind of numbness or something's not like a, on, your, on your face, left side specifically. Like I'll try to be specific. Sometimes I miss it, sometimes I don't. If that's you, don't freak out. We want to pray for you. Anybody? Or you know anyone like that? Wonderful. Left side specifically? That is very cool. Because this is where I get really, really nervous. <laughs> because I could just be a, a lunatic, you know. So well done for being amazing. Can we pray for you just now? Is it a nerve thing? Or is it, do you know? It's like a ball palsy kind of, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I want to definitely pray for you. Is there someone that's battling, or was it like with the, uh, trying to be very specific here, because it's easy to go, oh, someone's got a knee problem, you know, like it could be like there's other people here, it could be, but specifically you're battling with also left side, but it's like the the outside of your knee, like the joint part. Is that you? Okay, Kev. Amazing. Okay, so we are hearing the Lord, I think, to a certain degree. Um, ah, see, sometimes I feel the pain as well. Anyone battling? Oh, why is the left side today? Everything's on the left side. Battling, I'm feeling like between the ribs here, someone's really been struggling. You can't sit properly for a long time. Like, can't concentrate on your work. Like, back, left, back. No. Don't be afraid. We want to just pray for you. <laughs> no one? You sure? Okay, we'll come back to that one. I think someone's hiding. Okay, a little bit more serious now. I see someone, um, this is more a mental thing. Um, you're, trying to, you're trying to see um, the Lord. You're trying to, I, I feel like you're pushing into him a lot. But there just seems to be this cloud fog coming. So like, it feels like this as I see the Lord speaking. It's just like, you're really trying to push into the light and then whoop, it gets taken away by darkness. And you try to push into light and, and I feel like that's fatiguing you. It's like you're running out of energy. Um, 
I know this is a little bit more like deeper, but if you feel like there's a demonic thing against you to stop you from the joy of the Lord in your life, I know it's a little bit more, I try to go easy to harder. I don't know, like, who's, who's that person? Awesome, dude. Young man, that's amazing. Courage right there. That's amazing. We're going to pray for you as well. I hope I remember all these things. But anyways. Okay, even deeper. Okay, now we're going to push boundaries here. Okay, so. Um, I want to be respectful in this one. Um, oh, I haven't felt. I feel like there's someone here. This is a big one. Okay, so like. I'll kind of understand if you don't respond, but please respond. Um, You've learned over the years to put on a brave face, to say the right things, dress the right way. It's almost like Instagram, you know, like you put a photo up there and it's so filtered that everyone thinks you're fine, but you're not. And I really feel like the enemy's been bringing um, um, suicidal thoughts to you. And the angel of death has come and he's going and he's knocking. Um, and you're entertaining that. And the problem with entertaining that is, I mean, I was, there was a moment when I was studying theology, second year, things went pear, and I opened that door. Man, it's a long journey coming back. And so, young lady, or the hood, sorry, uh, is that word for you? It is a, eh? I saw, I saw, I saw that in the spirit. Sorry to call you out, but man, I saw that demonic thing on you. I want, I want to, um, okay, let's start there because this is a big one. Can I get some of the ladies, maybe some of, the, I don't know who the lady leaders are. I just, sorry, I don't know her name with the hoodie on right there. This is for you, right? I don't want to, this is for you. You're going to confirm, right? Okay. What is your name? So, I can't. Hey, Ali. 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 Sorry to call you out, but I just. Okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that the truth will shine more so, like, and that the enemy, the lies won't be there anymore. Lord, I want to thank you for Ali. We want to pray in the name of Jesus over her right now. Lord, we want to just ask you to, in the name of Jesus, let those lies, in a sense, fade away. Lord, that the truth is that you are a good shepherd. Your word says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus, that I have come to give you life, a life of abundance. And I want to pray that life of abundance. It's not, physical, it's like not necessarily physical money stuff, Lord. It's, it's, it's heart. It's life. It's fullness of joy. In Jesus' name, I'm going to trust. If I can just ask the ladies, if you can just pray with her. Has she, maybe I'll ask even if she has surrendered her life. Few more, few more moments and we'll pray for those guys. Is, can we, I don't know, are you guys still with me? Like, yeah. just to let you into my, 
my process. Everything that God is doing now, it's now. It's like he doesn't prepare me before. <laughs> I wish he did. It would be less scary. Um, and so, okay, cool. Um, amazing. Amazing. Let's pray for you, young man. What's your name? Luca. That's a cool name. Can some of the men just come around? How old are you, dude? You're like 15, 14, 14. Amazing. Can you stand or, yeah, just. What was your word again? Sorry, I forget. Um, pushing into God, you're feeling the cloud. Okay, cool. Um, So I want to encourage you with this this word. Um, when when David was a, a king, David, but before he was king, he was a shepherd boy. So he was the youngest in his family, and um, he was in the fields because the youngest would be in the fields. And so, even when when Samuel came and said, "Hey, hey Jesse, if one of your sons are going to be king," he was left out. Like he was like thing. And so the point I'm trying to make is this: that while David was in the field looking after the sheep. That's where he overcame the lion. That's where he overcame the bear. That's where he learned to be a worshiper. That's actually where he learned to be king. And I feel like, Luca, I think God has got quite a big call on your life, I think. Who knows him? I mean, like, who knows him well? Like, if, I, if I'm wrong, you've got to rebuke me, okay? Because I want to be right. I don't want to put anything in his heart that isn't the Lord. But I think, I think God's actually, you're going you're gonna to be kind of an aster in the sense of a heavy hitter where you, I think, will be able to convince people of Jesus' love where no one else can. Like, I see rough men coming to you and, and the love that God has put in you. I, I mean, I got, I got called to ministry when I was 15. So I was a year ahead of you and Jesus said, you're going to be in full-time ministry. So it's not impossible that a young man can hear God. Um, and I really feel like he, he's not overlooking you. He's actually training you. And so whoever is walking with you, whoever is, whoever is kind of like um, discipling you, let them. Let them speak honestly, openly, even if it hurts, bro. Because that's you're in the field right now. And one day when God comes and knocking, you're going to be so prepared. Man, it's going to be like awesome. You know what I mean? And so, Father, thank you for Luca. Thank you for his life, Lord. We're going to pray against that fog in Jesus' name. Lord, that he'll, like, and I, and I want to ask and pray that people, men, older men, will come around him and train him up in a, in a way that will honor you and glorify you. And Lord, that ye will see you clearly in every, every, every step that he takes, Father. So Lord, we want to pray your spirit upon him in Jesus' name again. Amen. That's amazing, dude. Like, so cool. So do that. Okay. Um, maybe we should start ending because... So for those guys who we're going to trust for healing um, this morning, I really believe, and I've seen healings... I can't heal, you can't heal. God can heal in his time when he wants to. If he doesn't want to, that's on him. I don't think it's a lack of faith. I just think God does what he does. <laughs> and so, who is desiring, this is always tricky because I'm going to throw it back at you, who is desiring the gift of healing? Like, Or you feel like God has put that on you as a person? Wonderful. Anyone else? Wonderful. You're going to practice right now. This is amazing. And so, my biggest thing is, you, you only get good at something if you do it and so 
young man with the face. <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember your name, but Sean. He, he feels like he got faith to pray for Sean out of the guys that put up their hand. Okay, wonderful young lady. Maybe one of the, one of the gentlemen too. Um, and then there was Nee, Vaughn over there. So, yeah, go for Vaughn. Maybe take, it's always in twos, okay? So it's better to do it in sort of twos and ones. So it, someone else that has faith for that. Was there someone else? I can't remember now. Oh, the back thing. Anyone with the back thing, back problem? I want to pray for you as well. Okay, cool. So I'm going to pray a general prayer, and then if you guys can find faith, let's just ask the Lord in the name of Jesus to touch and heal them, and let's see what God does, you know. And so it might be instant, it might be over time, who knows, only God does. So Father, thank you right now that we have faith to just ask you to come and touch and heal the body. Lord, for Sean's face and for the knee, pray that you'll be gracious and you'll do a work that is supernatural that we will give you glory and praise for. In Jesus' name. So as they pray, let's end like this. Um, you might be here. I don't know who you are. This is my first time in like five, six years that I'm here. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've never received him as personal Savior, I'd love to give you an opportunity to respond to him today. <laughs> and Jesus, when he walked this earth, he said, if you, can, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that he is Christ, salvation comes. And so I don't know if there's anyone like that here this morning. You're going, hey, Brett, I'm here. I've heard about Jesus. I've maybe gone to church once in a while. I go to Easter and Christmas. And, but he hasn't, he's not my savior. He's not that, like what you're saying, like, who do you say I am? I am the king of glory. I'd love you to respond to him. You're not responding to me. So I don't know if there is anyone here. If there is, someone just wag, wag your hand at me and we'll pray with you and then we'll end. <laughs> anyone? Wonderful. Last chance. Going once. Going twice. Amazing. If you are here, because I do believe someone is here, you're embarrassed. Um, Andre, who are the elders here? I don't even know. Wherever. One of us. Come and speak to us. And Thank you for having me. Can I pray for us as a congregation? Or do you want to say something? I want to just pray. Thank you for letting me come. Uh, really good to be with you guys again. Thank you for allowing God to work. And and even like if we even if we can blur the ending, if you want to just hang, worship, play, if you want prayer, if you want to ask questions, I think let's make that opportunity. Don't if you don't have to rush, don't rush. Um, if there's something we've missed or you're going, oh, I'm really trusting this in the Lord, let's not rush these moments where God, because He's the King of Glory. So Father, thank you for this amazing time, uh, congregation, Lord. Thank you for Roland and Patty, Father, for their their love for you and their commitment to you, Lord. And we want to ask you for Brackenfell and surrounding areas that we will be a church that shines in the darkness, <laughs> that many people will come and know you as Lord and Savior, baptized, full of the Holy Spirit, because you are the King of glory. So thank you for moving and having your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.